Wednesday, Daily Walkers. It's Wednesday, February 28th on a leap year. And we just finished the book of Deuteronomy. And I don't know about you, but I got some more new stuff out of it. And it's my 10th time through and 10th or 11th. And it was so good. I So today, let's go through a summary of Deuteronomy. Welcome to the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. And I don't know about where you live, but where we live, it was 70 yesterday and it's 25 today. Isn't that crazy? But you know who controls the weather, right? Our God. And so... In Deuteronomy, it's all about our God and our God we put our trust in. And so it's actually Moses going back through some of the history and the covenant of what God laid out for his people. So he starts off, you know, with remember where you came from, you know, and I talk about uh, one of my friends of my son who's a like a son to us, has a clothing line that's called G-O-D. Isn't that interesting? And it's good old days. And it, one of the themes of it is remember where you came from. And that's what Moses is trying to get him to recall. Because most of the generation, remember, they've tr- they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years now. And so some of the generation that caused that has all died off, but their children are there. So he's reminding them, hey, remember you came out of Egypt. Remember uh, how the Lord split the Red Sea and you walked through and then the Egyptians were swallowed up. You remember, but your kids don't remember. They weren't there. So it's up to us to let them know. So see, he recalls all that. And what we got to do, is share our story. Really, that's what it's about, is share your story. Remember the great things God has carried you through and share your story. Remember some of that, you know? And and like this week in itself, we got to see God do amazing things in our own life and our family. And so that's stuff we want to share with people. Uh, so really, really, really good stuff. I got to reach out and reconnect with some good friends from back in my upward days. We used to do upward sports, basketball, and cheerleading. And one of the people, her and her husband, were really active in it. He coached for us, and she was uh, a helper in the cheerleading aspect. And she just wrote a book, Dr. LaShonda Cunningham, and so she's going to be in our other podcast, The Reckoning, and share with us her and Brian, our, her husband. And it's so good. The book is good. And I really enjoyed reading it. 
and it was uh, stuff that I related to because of some of it I lived through with them, and I just encourage you to read it. It's from Tears and Tears and uh, it. It's about tears and fears going to forgiveness. I can't remember the title per, right now. And I don't have the book in front of me, but it's on Amazon by Dr. LaShonda Cunningham. So really good, really good read. It's an easy read, too, so it'll keep you captivated. And that's what this whole thing is, is Moses is trying to teach us to tell your story, man. Remember where you came from. Because those that weren't there, that's inspiring to them. And so tell that. And then, you know, for the next several chapters, he goes back over the covenant and how God wants us to do this. And one of the things that's promised, if we follow God the way God wants us to follow, he will prosper us, right? Things will be good. Doesn't mean they'll be easy, but they'll work out. But he says if you deviate from the covenant, if you fall from the covenant, then things are going to get chaotic, right? And and it's like your whole world will collapse around you. And I think that speaks tons because we see that a lot of times. We we fall away from God and it's just like things become hectic and more chaotic and we're like, why is this happening to me? And then we fall, figure out that we're not in the center of God's will, and that's where we want to be. So when Moses is telling him this, he's like, "So remember, here's how he prospers you. When you were, when we're in the wilderness, our clothes never wear out, our shoes never wear out. When we're following this covenant, all this stuff is really good." And so. What really got me about this is he's going through all of the covenant. And the people are glued to that, right? And you would think that as they listen to the covenant and they're like, yes, and the, the realization of how God has helped them through and they their clothes never wore out, their shoes never wore out, they always had food and water came from rocks and they never went hungry you know, there was times when, you know, they could have gorged themselves, but the Lord promised them, you know, you don't want to do that either because that won't work out, you know, because, I mean, think about it. How do you feel when you eat too much, right? And then, you know, the Lord gives instruction for them not to do that. So all this stuff is there on how they do that. And, and then the Lord goes on and tells them exactly how the Levitican priests are supposed to be, you know, and how to offer their sacrifices and how they're supposed to give the sacrifices. And then, you know, he also makes sure they understand that they need to have their celebrations, right? Don't forget Passover. Don't forget the Festival of Tents. And don't forget the, the Festival of Harvest. Remember that. And the big thing is always bring your first fruits. You know, so many times we give God what's left over. And from the very beginning, God wants our first fruits. He wants us to give our best to him, 
not what's left over. And I think there's a lot of times, you know, where we are so worn out that we just go through the motions. And that's, for me, I know that's not what I want to be. I want to give God the best that I have so that I can always be what he has. And I hope that's your will for the day and for your life, that you want to give him your best. Now, he knows that we got jobs that are requiring a lot from us, and he knows that. But here's what I know, what has changed in our life and what we do, and and you might want to take from this, and maybe you can, maybe you can't. This is no condemnation to anybody by any means. But we, to give of our first fruits, our first thing we do every day is we start our day with the Lord. We start our day in the word and with prayer and it really helps us in our day because he gets us first not the world and so you say well you know i have to go to work at four in the morning or i have to go to work at five in the morning or you you're not speaking to someone who doesn't know because that's our schedule, so we actually will start at 2 a.m. just to have our God time. Now, that doesn't mean you have to, but I'm telling you, it helps the whole day, and your body adjusts, and I don't I don't use an alarm clock. I just pray to the Lord the night before because I close my day with the Lord, too, and I ask the Lord. I say, hey, Lord, I... Help me make sure I'm up so that I can be up and start my day with you. And I get in my prayer time. I have my prayer time alone, and then I pray with my wife before she goes to work. And it's awesome. And God is good, man. It's so good to start your day with that. And so that's part of being in the first fruits. Just let him have your day. Because what we'll see in Deuteronomy is where he says he'll go before us and he's going to protect us. And, and I think that's huge. There's a lot of places in there where he says be, be strong and courageous. We always see that in Joshua, which is our next book. But he says that a lot in Deuteronomy as well. Deuteronomy is also where we get the verse, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord is your God alone. And love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, and with all your soul. Your And that really is the greatest commandment. That's what we're supposed to do. And the Lord is telling us that because that's the most important. God first. God first in everything, and it will be good. So here's the thing. We go through all these chapters, right? I'm going to say 30 chapters because there's 34 total. And we get to like chapter 31 and, and God's told Moses, hey, you know, because you got frustrated with the people and you didn't follow my will completely and you got angry and struck the rock out of frustration instead of just speaking to the rock that time you were supposed to bring water, you know, in numbers. <laughs> he's not going to get to go to the promised land, but he's going to let him see it. Okay? He's going to let him see it. Moses is like 120 years old now, but he's still got great eyesight. He's still got youthful vigor, 
So he gets to go see it, right? But here's what's interesting. Moses has reiterated the entire covenant, basically. He's let the people know that as long as they follow it, don't deviate to the left or to the right, the Lord's going to be with them and they're going to prosper and all their crops are going to grow good, their grass is going to be green, their trees are going to leave well. Everything's going to be great, right? But if they deviate, then things are going to go dramatically worse. God tells Moses, you're not going to get to go over, but here's what the people are going to see, and I'll go before them, and they're going to conquer all these people, and I'm going to let Joshua be their leader now, and, and they ordain Joshua. G, uh, God commissions him at the front of the uh, tent of meeting, the tabernacle there. He comes to meet him in the pillar of cloud there. And after all of that... God tells Moses, these people of yours, these people of Israel, are going to fall away from me. They're going to prostitute themselves out to other gods. They're going to make themselves enemies of mine because they're not going to follow the covenant. They're going to break the covenant. They're going to fall away, and all this demise is going to fall upon them, and they're going to be scattered across the country, and their enemies are going to take them captive, and they're going to be scattered. And it goes into this dissertation about how all of this, even though they want them to follow the covenant, God knows they're going to break the covenant. See, earlier... In this chapter, in Deuteronomy 17, God knows that they're going to demand an earthly king. And when he says, when he realizes that, and he brings that to Moses' attention, he says, when they want this earthly king because they want to be like other nations, see, that's the first thing that's scary. And kind of leads to the fact that, hey, they're, they're trying to be like others. He says, make sure it's one that only I appoint. Make sure they know that it's one that only I appoint and that's only one that follows me. And so, you know, when we get to 1 Kings, then we'll see how that works out, which we're not going to get there for a little bit. But it's interesting how God is already, you know, that's why we say God is omniscient, all-knowing, because he knows. He sees. He sees what's coming. And then people will say, well, then aren't we puppets on a string? No, because we have the choice to change that direction. We can make a decision and say, wait, I don't want to do that. Because God gives us free will, we can figure out between here and there. But God sees, and it's up to us to say, wait, we want to be different. And we want to change our direction. Because God also sees that there will be some that stay. And he also knows that the ones that stay, that he will bring them back to their homeland one day. Because when they're scattered, they get taken away, right? And they're going to be taken away from the land that he promised them. 
and he tells Moses this, you know, so he makes, he has Moses, he gives Moses this song to write and says, read this to him, sing this to him, read this to him. And it starts out really like this really nice song about, hey, look at how the great things I've done, but this is what you're going to end up doing. And it's like, the people are like, whoa. It's a reality check. And it's like, whoa. You know, so I don't know about you, but if I'm if someone challenges me, and I think that was the thing, is it's not meant to be bad. It was meant to be a challenge. Don't let this be reality for you. Rise above it. You know, and, I, you know, I'm a sports freak, so it'd be like someone saying, hey, we know you practice hard, but we're going to still beat you. And it's like, no, we practice hard. We know your angles. We're going to defeat you. And that's kind of what I think it's like a challenge to, hey, don't don't let this happen. Prove to me that you will abide in me and not let this happen. So it closes out, which is, which is really cool, with Moses going to the top of the mountain, and he gets to see the land, the land that God promised him. But remember, he said, you can't go there. And a lot of us really, and I was talking about this with my wife earlier, a lot of us defer this thought process to Moses isn't allowed to go to the promised land because of a punishment thing, right? Because he got frustrated, this is true because Jesus, even, or God says this, sorry, not Jesus, God says this to him, because you got frustrated with the people at the, at the rock and you hit it instead of just speaking to it, holiness, and didn't uphold holiness, okay? Holiness can have no issues, Okay? There can be no allowances for a lack of obedience and holiness. Holiness is just. Moses has to be the example of that because Moses is the one, and, and this will tell us right here in this chapter that there has never been another prophet who is like Moses, another deliverer, another deliverer who has literally talked face-to-face -face with God. Now, face to face you know we all know that if we look at god man we'll we'll probably die right we know that he was hidden by god when he asked to see him in the cleft of the rock here's the thing do we talk face to face to god he's talking face to face to him when he's in the pillar of the cloud he's talking face to face to him whenever he's on the mountain he may not see the physical face of God but he's in the presence of God face to face with him and I think when we want to be in the presence of God face to face if we just get in his presence and fall on our knees to him and he is so real in our presence we're face to face with God and that's what Moses was and he was in his presence like that remember the second time he's on the mountain it was so real that his face shone bright that they asked him to put a veil on it what if we could get in the presence of God so real that our face shone bright then they would know that we were face to face with God wouldn't that be so cool? And here's the other thing. What if 
God didn't allow Moses to go there because remember he said, I'm not letting you go because you are frustrated and didn't uphold holiness. Instruct the rock instead of just talk to it because you're frustrated with the people. But God allows him to see the promised land. Perhaps maybe the Lord didn't send him to the promised land with these people because he just got through telling Moses that they're going to fall away from the covenant. They're going to deny God. They're going to totally fall away from God after they get there and everything is given to them. God's going to provide them everything. They're going to get everything. They're going to get their land. But they're going to fall away from God and worship other gods that other people make. That's what he tells them. So perhaps God is not allowing Moses to go there because God says, you've done your time with these people and your frustration. I've seen it. I'm not going to make you go through this anymore. I'm taking you home now. You've done well. You've served your time. Now I'm going to turn it over to Joshua and let him handle it. Because you've served your time. Because we know in the transfiguration story of Jesus, when he's on the mountain, when the other three, we see Moses and Elijah up there with him. And it's like, so we know he gets there, right? And so we have to just we have to look at this as not a punishment thing because punishment, those that are punished don't make the promised land, but Moses did. So that's why I'm like, we got to look at this as a new perspective. I'm not thinking God is keeping them there out of punishment as much as he is trying to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, you've dealt with this long enough i'm taking you home now that's my perspective i don't see that in a concordance anywhere but that's why the lord hit me with that today and maybe that will explain some things in our own lives where we don't understand how good people go home to the lord at certain stages in their life because we don't always know but God does. But what we do know is we will see them in the promised land if we just trust in God because he will never fail. That's my synopsis on Deuteronomy. We get ready to start in Joshua. And we do have a reading for the 29th tomorrow. It's a review day. So, you know, let's look at Joshua and see how great our God is, you know, if we just trust in God, our Savior, the one, because he will never fail. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you after Joshua. Oh, I trust in God, my Savior.